That's actually pretty impressive. I I'm have to say, I'm impressed with myself. I mean, I feel like you should be um, you should be making a list of these. For I mean, everyone. I am. I am. It's kind of like my new tick where I will finish it, but I don't put it onto the list until I have finished it completely. That's good. I am on my twenty sixth movie right now. Oh my god! Yes, and some of the worst things of all time. This could be a this could be a great list. No, it's it's very few stinkers in there. Like there are some pretty great ones. Stinkers by what definition? But by lifetime definition. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. Uh, thank you to everybody, again, seriously, for, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Of course, don't forget, you can go to funemploymentradio.com and click on the Amazon link if you're buying from Amazon, which I know a lot of you are. It's one little extra click, and it helps. Also, joining us today for our Mondays during quarantine, it will be quarantine Rick, Monday. It will be Rick Emerson quarantine day. So yeah, Rick buddy. Emerson joining us once again here today, uh, coming up here in just a few, and uh, and we're going to discuss Sarah's uh, <laughs> Sarah's list here in just a minute as well. Uh, before we do that, this kind of sucks, and we don't really want to have to be doing this, but need to explain a couple of things that are going on. And I know everything is is hard for everybody right now, and we've had some news uh, over the last couple of days that just isn't the most fun news. It doesn't have to do actually with uh, COVID-19. Um, but we had a couple of uh, a couple of people who have passed away. And one of them being a friend of the show. You probably heard us talk about him a couple of weeks Sorry, ago. And, ov- and over the years. And like, over the we've years. Been, we've been friends with him for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, and some of you out there probably know him too from coming to our events, if not from other ways. Uh, but we did receive word over this weekend that our friend Matt Loomis uh, passed away. Um, after battling cancer. And so I, I hate starting off the show like this, but we just have to be honest with what's going on. I mean, and, and this know, is... It's not what we want to do, This obviously. is the state of the world right now. I mean, like, the, this, this stuff happens, and this is how you have to deal with it from a distance because there's yeah. nothing you yeah. can really do. Yeah, there's there's not. And so uh, we just want to, you know, give, give a shout-out to Matt and his family. And, uh, uh, of course, his brother was Andrew Loomis uh, in Dead Moon. Yeah, the drummer very, for Dead Moon. But Matt yeah. himself is just, like, the biggest character yeah. He's such a great guy. If you came to any of our events, I'm sure that you had the chance to meet him. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's been a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours. You know, yeah. He's just, he was a wonderful person and he went out swinging, man. He did go out swinging. He did. Like, we... he was not going to let cancer take him down and he did everything that he could to try and, yeah. to try and prevent, you know, the, the outcome. Yes, but I mean, he did. so I just yeah. respect him so much and he was a great person. Yeah. And we, we were fortunate enough to get to have a Zoom conversation with him a couple of weeks ago. We did. We and, had a, a uh, nice long, great. like, hour and a half conversation. Yep. He flipped on... me off a few times. Yeah. Uh, if you if yep. you knew Matt, that's a term of endearment, <laughs> like the middle finger, the uh-huh. Loomis middle finger. Yep. So there were lots of middle fingers and lots of laughs. Yep. And, um yeah, yeah, I'm really glad we got we got that experience. Yeah, so uh, so we just wanted to say that, and then the the other thing for me is this is I, I'm a little bit out of sorts here this morning because um, I just found out that another friend uh, passed away. Uh, I don't know when this morning, maybe last night as well, through a tragic accident. Um, so it's just you know it's like a w- one two punch there. And uh, and so I'm just kind of processing that. And it's hard, and, you know. We try to means. we try to be upbeat, but you know what? This is fucking life, and this is what's happening. Yeah. Right now, and you know, this isn't going to be. I mean, these randomly don't have to do with you know anything that is the current state of the world. But I mean, yeah, it's still just as devastating. It, it is, yeah. And so it's it's from an accident, you know, that shouldn't. I don't I don't know what'll happen, but yeah. Anyway, uh, tragic. So, too young. Uh, just 
Yeah, and we're, we're so sorry. I mean, oh my gosh. And okay, Vicky's just saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah, Vicky uh, lost somebody on Saturday yeah, as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, um, it's just hard. I mean, you know, we can all try and be upbeat and fucking optimistic, but you're allowed to feel sad sometimes and feel grief and feel, you know, the loss because yeah. it, it sucks. You life don't have to life. make it all fucking sunny. Like, yeah, and that's, you know, and, and we're here to give you a distraction from all that, but we just have to be honest when something's affecting we're us. We're so like sorry, that too. Vicky, for your loss yeah. to Wilton. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and anybody else out there who's, who's, lost somebody so it's you know just and you know what we want to be real so if you want us to give a shout out like i know it sounds ridiculous but if it would make you feel better for us to give like our you know our thoughts and give you know like a hello and thinking of you and much love to you know if you've lost a loved one or something just let us know yeah you yep. won't play drunk elvis or anything like that no no anyway um... i'm really sorry greg i had to i had to tell greg about his friend because i saw the update and he was working i'm like oh god I thought she was gonna get better but um yeah yeah Ooh. so anyway i'll shake that off uh we're here to provide you you know a relief from all that but had to, had to say that at the gate um okay uh do you want me to tell you about my life yes movies? please oh tell me about God. your terrible this lifetime movies so, please please tradition. distract me today we can. all right i will totally distract you so um all right yes so i am uh currently during this state of affairs and, um, you know, pro- most likely if, if things hadn't gone, no, I wouldn't have been able to watch this many. I would have probably had about like five <laughs> so far. I'm on my 26th Lifetime movie since we uh, went into quarantine, what, less than a month ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today. I think it's been like, this is the fourth week, I believe, that we've been here. Yeah, because it was like the 16th or the 17th or something, right? I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, somewhere around there. So um, right around that time, uh, a friend of ours, Courtney, was kind enough to give me access to her Lifetime Movie Club <laughs> membership, and I have been just like you've really taken advantage things. of that. I when you find something you like and it makes you happy and it distracts you, like that is my happy place. That's my suggestion, Greg. Find yeah. your happy place. Maybe you can play your video game or something later. Uh, I can maybe play my video game. I think I've just been taking it out on the backyard. Yeah, that's what a lot well, of people are mean, doing. Yeah, much to the benefit of the backyard. Yeah. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's turning into quite the uh, <laughs> little quite mini paradise, the paradise out there by the time I'm done with this thing. Um, but so with your movies, with your 26... So are these all Lifetime movies? They're all we, Lifetime movies. All Lifetime movies. So, I mean, those are the ones I'm keeping the list of. So uh, okay. I'm currently on my Lifetime movie number 26 called The Other Woman, starring Jason Priestley and Josie Bissett. Uh, oh, from, wow. From Melrose Place I was going to say, I know the name Josie Bissett yeah. from... I don't know how I... I I never watched Melrose Place. Not sure at all. you didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I'm only halfway through that one, so that isn't quite on the list yet. So my list is only 25. Was Josie Bissett the blonde girl or the redhead She one? was the blonde girl. Blonde girl, okay. Yeah, she was the one married to Michael. Which one's the redhead? That was Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah. What's her name in real life? I don't remember. Okay, I forget. Anyway, I remember the blonde and the redhead. Yeah. No, because that was the big <laughs> drama with Kimberly with like her like burned head and whatever. Oh, okay. When she takes off the wig. Okay, Yeah, because right. it was like the big reveal. Okay. Um, but... Uh, so I I did I decided to take a break this weekend and watch something that wasn't a Lifetime movie, but it turns out it was almost exactly like a Lifetime movie, but even like more terrible. So we're talking about TV's Josie Bissett. Yes. Do you remember TV's Scott Wolf? Yes, I do actually. Okay. Random connection to Scott Wolf, which is very uh, not not a real connection, but um, I had a roommate once for quite a while, and he grew up uh, being babysat. With by Scott Wolf's mom, so he knew Scott Wolf as a kid. Weird. Did he have any opinions on him? 
I uh, said he was nice and that his mom was nice, but yeah, that, that was about it. It's just a random okay. Scott Wolf connection. That is very But he weird. would bring it up sometimes when he was drunk. He's like, you know, I got babysat by Scott Wolf's mom. I'm like, <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. It's like, yep, he's cool. Okay, so this <laughs> That's movie... It. That's my Scott Wolf story. This movie called starring Scott Wolf is like... All right, so it is one of those that looks like it's just intentionally made to just make you sad. Like, and not even like a good lift your spirits up. Just like full on, just like, look at this garbage movie. So okay. this movie, and it has higher ratings than I thought it would. I was shocked, quite shocked. honestly. I was shocked. Uh, so this movie was called Meet My Valentine. Okay. It came out in 2015. All right. It is a TV movie, but it doesn't say what channel it came out on. But it isn't, doesn't feel very lifetime-y to me. Okay. I don't know what it would be. So here, here's the plot. So it says, after finding out he only has months to live, Tom, Scott Wolf, sets out to make sure his wife and his eight-year-old daughter are taken care of after he's gone. So basically what the plot is, is that Scott Wolf finds out he has cancer, doesn't tell his wife, and starts signing her up without her knowledge for dating sites so he can pick out the new guy that's going to be marrying his wife and taking care of his daughter. Wow. Without her consent or permission. Well, you and know, this is what is passing for romance. You know, wives are property, clearly, so he can dictate who the suitor so is. What the basically, hell? Basically, it's just him at the beginning saying, like, well, I need to pick out, you know, that guy's going to be raising my daughter, so I need to pick out who's going to be the new dad. Wait, so he doesn't tell the wife that he has cancer. He does not and, tell the wife he has cancer. And signs up with her image for an account to find a he suitor for her? He takes her picture and lies about it, saying that he's using it for a project, and he has, like, some kooky, like, comedian best friend who, like, who's in the know, and, you know, and basically it's the series of awkward trying to be funny but not working like dates where like somebody will show up for a date and he'll be like oh hey listen I know and it's oh by the way um, the movie's called Meet My Valentine the the woman's his wife's name Valentine oh of course of course okay yes alright so um, so he starts to like trick these men into going to meet his wife out for dates and then like as he's like saying he's like all right no 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 but really it's not for it's 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 for my wife i want to see if you'd be a good fit for my wife it is the creepiest least romantic thing i think i've ever seen because then yeah. he discovers her restaurant partner um they get along really well and so he behind his wife's back again starts talking to the you know straight male um restaurant partner who's clearly attractive and him and the wife get along and he's just like I think that you would be a good dad for my daughter <laughs> that's creepy as hell it's so creepy it's so creepy so and the guy is finally like well yeah I guess I'm kind of into it okay and so they start inviting like the guy over for like family scrabble nights what the hell but then you know Scott Wolf gets a little possessive he's like he's not she's not your wife yet she's my wife it is, and that this is woman, this up. woman has no idea what's going on. It's supposed to be on. like a comedy. It, no, it's supposed to be like a ro- like a romance. Oh my god! Yeah, that is all kinds of screwed up, isn't that? So, so um, basically, like, eventually, he can't like hide his like tremors and everything, and finally, he has to admit that he's sick. And um, then at one point, like, he's a, he's. But a, she has no say in any. Of she this. has no say in this. Okay. So she finally finds out that something's wrong when he. So he's an artist, and he like paints in the garage, and he leaves one day. Um, and like leaves a note stuck to one of his canvases and says, it's clear. Hey, I'm dying and I picked out a new husband for you. Can't think bye. <laughs> like- <laughs> so you don't know what the note is. And she's panicking and then, um, you know, runs and finds him. I don't even know. They never even say what the note said, but it clearly it was like a suicide note or something. And she, she finds him on the beach just as he has like dropped all of his belongings and is walking into the ocean. <laughs> 
like abandoning his spiel. It was the so so she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's just like, "You don't need me." So he's walking into the ocean or a lake. I can't remember what it was. Some sort of body of water. What the hell? Yeah. So he's walking into the what the body of water. Then she's like, "Oh," and then he's like, "I'm dying." It's like, okay, fine. Then I thought I missed something because I blinked, and all of a sudden it's the end of the movie and. The woman is playing in the street with her, like, restaurant partner guy, you know, who he was trying to pair her up with. Yeah. Um, to fall in love with. And, you know, he's playing with the kid, and he's, like, the father figure. And then, like, the comedian best friend is, like, with her best friend, you know, and they've been kind of flirting the whole time. And now they're clearly together in a couple, and they're, like, kissing. and like, oh, we're in loving love. And I'm like, what happened? Did, did I miss a piece of this movie? And then it slow pans to the front porch where there is completely bald, you know, like, you know, definitely, you know, Saying, showing that he's going through chemotherapy, Scott Wolf just looking there, gazing at them with a smile on his face, and then that's it. Well, that's unnerving. In it a was unnerving, ways. and there was nothing like nothing was solved, and he was just sitting there watching the new family, and then he was just sitting on the porch, and then boom, that was it. Yeah. After he tried to walk into the water, and then the whole time tried to, without permission, hook up his wife with a bunch of random dudes. And that was movie 26. No, that was not a Lifetime movie. Oh, that was, oh so that doesn't count in your list. No, that does not count. That's an but out, that is outlier. another. That is a terrible, like, that is one of the worst movies I think I have ever seen. I looked online. It was like, I don't know, seven out of ten stars. I was like, what is what? wrong with people? All voted by Scott Wolf and his mom? <laughs> Probably when she's Probably. not babysitting. Yeah, when she's yes. not babysitting. <laughs> totally. All right. So well, that's my recommendation of what not to watch. There it is. That's what there we need to. There's uh-huh. a lot to watch. you got to know what not to watch. Yeah, All if right. you see that recommended too, just pass. All right. We're going to uh, go ahead and get our buddy Rick here on the line. For those of you listening live, it's going to take me just a second to get, the, uh, get it all configured. If you're listening via the podcast, awesome. Share the show. Uh, and then you will hear him right now. now. Welcoming to the show, I'm, Rick Emerson, right now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. We were talking about, you know, <laughs> hot, hot people in movies that are dying of some sort of illness. Uh, ben just <clears throat> said Untamed Heart. That was my favorite movie growing up. Rick, did you watch that? Wait, what's Untamed Heart? It's the one with Christian Bale or Christian uh, Slater and Marissa Tomei. I don't know that I've even heard of that, which seems insane. Are you serious? I need you to find that and watch that immediately. No explanation. It is so wonderful because he has like... Um, <laughs> So uh, they fall in love, and he's quiet and like kind of keeps to himself. But and she like works at a diner. But then she finds out. Oh wait, maybe I won't spoil it for you. No, wait, does someone die in the end? I think it may have been spoiled. <laughs> I think it might be spoiled. But there's, <laughs> um, he. It's rumored that he might have had a heart transplant with a um, baboon heart. What? So, uh, wait, oh, yeah. It's rumored. Wait, by whom? What <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? By, by this the streets. Is in the He's movie? known. Yes, Untamed. It was, what was it called? It had an original name that was different than Untamed Heart. I can't remember what it was. It was something more related to a monkey heart. Wait, so it was rumored. <laughs> They didn't tell him? It was like, we got your heart. Where? From where? Don't ask. <laughs> Wait, let me Don't tell him about the baboon. Like, what? Yeah, why? Yeah, so why he, would that he might be? have had, because I'm not really remembering it, but I, he might have had a, monk, a baboon heart. But I'm not sure. Here, wait, I'm looking at the Untamed Heart. As a 1993 romantic drama, oh, also like um, Bed of Roses. Christian Slater did all of those amazing ones. Tells the Christian story. Slater's made a lot of really shitty movies. Let's just <laughs> say it like it is. He's done a lot of bad work. All right. He's so- like, um, I think he's like Matthew McConaughey, where it like, except unlike Matthew McConaughey, Christian Slater hasn't quite found his like later life groove. Matthew McConaughey at one point 
like at some point he kind of he's like Hugh Grant. Like at some point he figured out like I'm making terrible movies because I'm playing the wrong kind of I should play this character instead. And then it all like clicked. Like as soon as Matthew McConaughey made um like Wolf of Wall Street, like it was, you know, as soon as he was you're, it was just like he found his niche and suddenly like every movie Matthew McConaughey makes is awesome. Um he's like Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's the same way, made oh, yeah. shitty movies, and then at some point and then he made like Wag the Dog and you know, and he sort of like found because like here's the thing about Woody Harrelson. I think about Woody Harrelson like maybe more than most people. Um A, I wonder if his character on Cheers was named Woody because of him or if that was just like Kismet, some sort of weird coincidence. And then I also think this. Here's the thing about Woody Harrelson. It seems like he goes like like nine or ten years between movies somehow, yet he never gets less famous. Like, what's the last new Woody Harrelson movie? Uh, like the zombie one or oh, something? Oh, he did like the zombie one, zombie but then Land other 2? than that. He did Zombieland 2, but no one saw that. Yeah. No. I mean, and like, I couldn't even tell you the movie, like the last movie he did before that. And yet, but he has this level, this baseline of fame that never decreases. He's as famous today as he was last year and as he will be next year. It just, it never changes no matter what he does or doesn't do. He's like some film version of John Bon Jovi. He's just eternally famous no matter if he's putting out anything <laughs> or not. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Woody Harrelson. Everybody pays attention. To and Woody everybody Harris. likes Woody Harrelson. And everybody likes him. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one. I mean, maybe not everybody's a huge fan, but you're like you never meet anybody that's like fuck Woody Harrelson, <laughs> right? Because then you wouldn't trust them. You'd be like, what's wrong with you? What What do you have against Woody Harrelson? Uh, real quick, my computer just crashed. Oh, is that why I can't? <laughs> that's why I'm talking to myself. Yeah. All right. So he's told. It is that kind of. Well, it's no, that kind that of. Means that Rick can't see us because my computer just crashed. Uh, okay, there we go. Making weird grunts. Rick, can you hear us? How's that? Oh, wait, are we back? Yeah, yep. we're back. Uh, all right. See the the picture us? is still. I can hear you, although the video is just like frozen and hidden. Oh, blink. it's so. one of those. We're having days. a bit of a day. Just a bit of a day. Well, this is the year to have one of those days. I know. It really is. All right. Is that any better? No, the video is still frozen. I don't know why. Well, maybe we just won't do video right now. That's but you okay can hear too. us, though, right? You can hear us, right? Yeah, I can hear you. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't on my end somehow. No, it's not you. It's on this end. All right, Rick. So I was saying it was rumored that he had a baboon heart, but I guess in the orphanage that he grew up in, the um, they told him that, um, let's see, one of the nuns in the orphanage told him that he had a baboon heart. What kind of orphanage? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's like you're making this up as you it's go, but then again, I don't know It's such a weird movie because it's just two attractive people. It's Marissa Tomei at her at her hottest, Christian Slater at his hottest, and they're both just like ding-dongs, and they're just like, oh, we're in love. And he's like, was shy with like, his monkey heart or baboon heart. Did the nun tell him this as a punishment? You know, was he like acting up? And she's like, well, Billy, if you didn't have a baboon heart. And she like winked at the class. <laughs> All right, so Christian Slater is Adam. Uh, Marissa Tomei is Carolyn. So uh, while Adam is recovering, Carolyn learns, so he has like some heart thing. Carolyn learns that he has a heart defect and will die without her transplant adam claims that he has had he has a baboon's heart which it says in parentheses lovingly told to him by a nun at the orphanage where he grew up lovingly told <laughs> yes how is it loving lovingly told i don't know i've All, got a surprise also, for you actually, you've got a baboon is that like a thing you can actually that doesn't sound like real science okay honestly i was 13 when this came out i remember watching it too young and my sister and i were very confused we're like can you just put can you do that can you hit, does he have a baboon heart <laughs> I'm, and you know what? I never looked it up, so I don't know. 
All right. Yeah. So, so we have we'll no just, idea. The world will never know. <laughs> but anyway, watch it, please. I need to know what you think. Somehow, part of that baboon doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the, the same ring as Eye of the Tiger somehow. It's, you know, it's get in there, kid, and show them you've got a baboon heart. <laughs> really, can't really make that happen. What was it? Oh, that's what it was. It no, like that's what it was originally fucking called. It was going to be called, instead of Untamed Heart, Baboon Heart. This sounds okay. like it'd be a Rob Schneider movie, is what exactly. it sounds like. That's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. It's, and yeah, that's, and it's some borderline offensive, you know, like sports thing with, you know, with Rob Schneider and then, you know, like a somehow, like an obligatory 10 second cameo by Will Ferrell to get us all to see it. <laughs> okay. It's like all of a sudden, yeah, good at, good at football or something because he has a baboon heart, something <clears> along <throat> those lines. And then the baboon would, oh, oh, here's the thing. Okay, no, this is totally, here's Tell how us. we can make this hit. Yep. And then, and then it would be like, okay, no, 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 this is brilliant. And by brilliant, I mean, I mean awful, but would make money. Um, okay, so it's baboon, it's baboon heart. I feel like I'm in an elevator. Okay, it's baboon heart. It's die hard with a baboon. Um, hey, here's just as a side note to my side note. Here's an observation that now already this instantly seems like the pandemic has made all of my material dated because now everything just seems unimportant except like you know except whether you're coughing or not right yeah. i wrote down a few weeks ago that the phrase um it's a blank blank for the me too era is this era's version of it's die hard on a blank okay wait because like need, the new like the new invisible man movie with elizabeth moss yes. is something where she's got a psycho ex-husband and she's empowered and blah 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 yeah, yeah. and so that's like, but it's a whole like, you know, it's sci-fi for the Me Too generation. That is, and I've heard that applied to so many movies in the last year. They did that with, um, uh, they did that with the with um, Little Women, and I think there's a Harriet Tubman drama coming out. Yep. Like a, oh, know, yeah. Oh yeah. Underground Railroad. That's gonna be the same thing, and it's a whole blah 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 for the Me Too generation. Like I said, this no, this this is now like, you know, we've all got like sort of momentarily bigger fish to fry at the moment. But it's you know the movies. But I was thinking that is totally the uh, that is totally the it's, you know, because there was a whole thing of like, it's die hard on a whatever, or there was another genre for a while that was, I think Bill Simmons made this observation that it was like, it's the blank from hell genre, which is the roommate from hell, the boyfriend from hell. The... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm very familiar with that genre. Yes. <laughs> which is funny with Harriet Tubman, know. because it's like, why can't it just be a story about Harriet Tubman? No, 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 because it, no, it's got to be applicable to the, you know, it's got to be able to hashtag somehow. That's the, <laughs> it's like, she didn't like, do that enough. Was, that was the tagline for, uh. For Little Women, which I, which I haven't seen, but I'm you know it was a fine book and I'm sure it was a fine movie and I'm a big, and you know um, I'm a big fan of Laura Dern and whatever. But it's um, but when I saw the poster for it and the tagline was like "Own Your Story," and I was like, I see someone's someone's <gasps> oh. discovered. Oh, all right, that uh, makes sense. Okay, so but more importantly, Rob Schneider. So <laughs> you got two minutes. You got a minute with Steven Spielberg in the elevator. elevator. <laughs> yes. yes the, yeah. This Rob Schneider and this has nothing to do. The Me Too movement wants nothing to do with this film, so there's no correlation at all here. Just FYI. Um, so the deal with Baboon Heart is it would be Rob Schneider gets a Baboon Heart as a transplant, but then due to some ill-explained but compelling uh, scientific, you know, aberration, the baboon takes over for two minutes a day. Oh, okay. Ooh, like multiple personalities, but one of the personalities yeah. is and a two-minute baboon. Can I guess and something? not all at once, though. It's not two minutes at once. It's oh. a total of two minutes a day, but you don't know when or for how long. Does it happen to take over at somewhat inopportune times? 
like when he's like when he's urinating. Yes. Yes. yes <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know, there would be a, a throwing feces reference at some point in there. I'm just saying yeah. that would happen. It would happen. No, I mean, that's I mean, I really if this was like six years ago, we could get that greenlit today. We could get like Martin Scorsese attached to that. Probably. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a different era, unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't uh, know. There's enough places out there looking for content. I mean, this could be something. Th- that's true. We'll have watched everything that exists by the end of the month, I think. So it's, you know, yeah, I mean, Rick, we're going to. I was just telling Greg, I'm on my 26th Lifetime movie since this started. <laughs> wow. Are you OK? This is a, you need to be writing a, a book. Oh, yeah. I kept a list. Wife. I have I have an entire yeah. list. And we were yeah, figuring no, out quarantine's is... only been like 21 days. So you've doubled <laughs> up a few times. And maybe I have. None of your business. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. No, no, no. OK, so now I've got another idea. Tell me. Wait, now it's amusing. Now it's a now it's a concept. Now, now it's an inspiration. Okay, uh, so this could either be a series or a young adult novel, or wait for it, a series of young adult novels. Oh, um, quarantines. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what it's about. You just got the title. Doesn't oh. matter. That's Doesn't... it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, the title is. You know, it's that's no. You sell it on the title alone. Somebody from the CW is writing that right now. Oh my gosh! Of course, because I'll be like, oh, remember when? Oh God! Can I, I, can I tell you this? We got all these allergies. This is the wrong season for allergies, by the way. I, I would appreciate it if we didn't have allergies right now, because then it's like everybody looks at you suspiciously as soon as, you, you know, you've got any sort of like a, you know, because then you do you find yourself like trying to re- I find myself trying to reassure myself about things that I do like because um, I had because I get like uh, sometimes when uh, uh, when winter or spring comes, I get like a nosebleed occasionally, which is sort of weird and kind of it's sort of strange that people just randomly get nosebleeds. Right. Um but I got to tell you, there's no nosebleed quite as bizarre as a pandemic nosebleed. Because <laughs> even if you know the oh, cause, on. it's just weather. It's just you have that moment of. And then I was eating a pizza roll earlier, and I kind of like part of it went down sideways. And so I was like kind of choking on the pizza roll. And then because I had this little tiny piece of pizza roll in my throat, then I was like had this dry cough. And so then I was all like suspicious of my own dry cough, even though I'm the only one here and I was here the whole time and I know it's from a pizza roll. But then I was like second guessing myself. <laughs> and suddenly I was having yeah. this like, you know, you know, you're in denial, you're in denial. And it was like, I had this weird argument in my head about whether it was actually the point is, I just I think I need some sleep. Some I think you do. Yeah. No, it's freaky. No, though, everybody's I will, paranoid about that. Yeah. Something like I'll drink water and I'll go down the wrong tube. I'm like, uh oh. And the, my yeah. allergies too. I have like I'll I'll have my tissues with me and I'll blow my nose and then everyone looks at you and I'm just like yeah. keeping to myself in, like monster. a little ball. I know. Yeah. yeah. So I know it's a really weird time to have anything odd whatsoever happening with your body. Yeah, I'm trying to think of you know if if somebody's extreme OCD, would this be a good time or a bad time? Oh, horrible time. But I mean, then you're constantly like you're proven right to constantly like be clean. You know, I don't say if somebody who's like like clean hands. Like, that's what they're OCD about. I feel, feel like that'd be, like, a vindicating time. Well, I mean, for everybody that's staying pretty clean, there are also the ones that aren't. Yeah, that's true. Well, and realize that sometimes OCD is washing your hands. Sometimes OCD is having to, I don't know, touch things in the room or just, yeah. you know, randomly switch. I mean, like, Howard Stern used to have to do this thing where he would have to switch. He would have to, when he would leave a room and he would turn the lights off with the switch, he couldn't just do it once. He would have to do it. It would have to do it multiple times, but it would have to be an odd number. So you'd have to turn the light on and off like three times or seven times or nine times. 
And I think it's a pretty common thing with OCD people having to touch something a certain way that, repeatedly. So this is not the time to be doing that. You know, that that's, that's funny. He was odd. Terrible. You know, I'm even remember we've talked about this before. I mean, I'm, an, I'm right. an even yes, number with girl. The M&Ms yeah. and the chewing and so forth. Yes, I'm still even. Yeah, I can't do the odd. The odd numbers kind of freak me out, actually. Like even when I'm eating like <laughs> just, you know, chicken nuggets or anything, I have to like have an even amount of them. No, because odd numbers are for lunatics. Exactly. Like, crazy people. How would you turn off the lights on an even evenly? Well, I don't do that with the lights, but I do still unplug my stove. Okay. And I make sure. That I was I'll just running the math check. in my head. I'm like, that would be infuriating because you would never be able to. I usually like, lock it, on, unlock my, my door twice because I will go out my door, lock it, and then have to go back in to make sure that to check to make sure that I unplugged my stove, and then I'll lock it again. So I sound crazy to my neighbors anyway. I don't. I don't care. Oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You live in an apartment complex, actually. How has that been? Since this is oh going weird, on? I don't see anybody. I don't yeah. see anybody. How's your neighborhood, Rick? Do you see a lot of people? It's weird, actually. It's well. I mean, I guess this is. It's not. It, it's. It is both weird and not weird. It is momentarily. Yeah, right. It is momentarily. Momentarily weird is is you know is how is just the is the, that is the status quo. But it's um, it it is still weird to me when I step outside, especially late at night or early in the morning, and it's just dead silent. And I mean, I can just hear forever. Like there's a train. I don't even know how close it is, but there's train tracks that are like, I don't know, miles away. And I can hear the train going at night, like even on a Saturday night, because there's like no traffic. Nobody's really standing outside. You know, maybe there's somebody stepping outside to smoke or whatever. And I always think about, I haven't read The Stand in a long time. I'm sure I'm like the only person in America not currently deciding to read it or whatever. But but there was this moment in The Stand where – you know, because it's a super flu that blah, 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 kills all but like 800 people. And there's uh, this woman named Fran, and she has – there's a, a guy named uh, – a sort of guy she knows named Harold who lives whatever, like a few blocks away. And they're two of the people who survive the plague. And she just – he describes uh, – Stephen King describes her stepping out on the porch, and it's the middle of the day, and Harold is sitting in his bedroom, and he's typing something on a manual typewriter – and it's so quiet that she can hear the typewriter from like a mile and a half away. And that scene has occurred to me several times at night or in early morning because I can hear things that are not all that loud and that I know are not local that are sort of just drifting because there's no competing sound. Like here's – and by the way, just here's a truism. Just like there is no nosebleed more unnerving than what that happens during <laughs> a pandemic, yes. there is there is no time – when wind chimes sound creepier than during a time like right now. When you're walking through a neighborhood, you can't see anybody, but then there are just wind chimes blowing somewhere. That shit is fucked up. Oh, yeah, because your mind goes to instantly, like, who's who's bumping the wind chimes? That's oh, where yeah. my mind no, would go. No, it is. It's eerie. My my scary thing for now is, you know, that how police aren't responding to, like, every single call. Like, they're letting some people, like, take care of themselves. Whenever I hear a siren, I'm like, what super fucked up thing happened to where it's warranting the police to have to go and deal with it? Because wait, you, hold on. What what was the first part of your thing there? What did you do? Oh yeah, no, because uh, the police are basically saying like, unless it's pretty much you know life or death or a pretty bad serious emergency, like um, they're not really responding to a lot of calls. They're not showing up in person. Yeah, anyway. not showing up in person. So therefore, when I'm hearing, whenever I hear like sirens going, I'm like, what, like what amount of horrible has happened to warrant the police going to take care of it? I didn't really know the first half, and I'm I, that's I mean. So think of that every time you hear a siren. <laughs> yeah, that's a little that's a little weird. I mean, understandable, but also slightly it's like when the police go, uh, we might not actually respond as such. Uh, we might not really come to your house per se if there's a problem. So, 
Have you, uh, you know, are they just going to give you like, are the police, is there, are they just going to give you like a checklist of things to try? Is it going to be like tech support where you call the cops <laughs> and they're like, uh, have you tried subduing the intruder yourself, ma'am? Uh, have you tried running away? Uh, have you tried bribing the intruder? And then, you know, eventually they'll be like, well, fine, we'll send someone. Um, <laughs> no, I don't now, find I, out. now I'll think that every time I hear a siren. You're welcome. Sleep well. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. This is just, we're just swapping neuroses back and forth. <laughs> it's pretty much what this show has been so far. Yeah, it's just happening. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm, this, this is going to sound bad though if I say this, but I mean, I've had... In the neighborhood that I'm in, it's it's a weird neighborhood. Like, number one, right now, I live near a school. And for some reason, this school is the one where they, one of the schools, I think there's a few of them, where they chose to have the uh, kids can go and get, like, the Chromebooks for all the offline education. Right, yeah. Online. Uh, online education, yeah. <laughs> online, very online. But, um, but it's weird to me because I'm so used to now there being nobody around and all of a sudden just... On all the streets around me, it's packed with cars and kids and people lining up in not socially distancing. And it's got me so paranoid. Like, I'm afraid to even open my door. Like, I'm, I'm peeking out the window. I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And I'm, I'm like, I didn't realize I had this now over these, this many weeks of quarantine engaged, like, Everybody does. ingrained in me. It's weird. To where I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. Why are they all there? What's going on? And it's just a strange feeling. Just looking at it. Well, because it's just going to be a, a shift. I mean, don't you don't you guys think that it's going to be like? I mean, it has to be different after this, especially like seeing groups of people together and everything. Oh yeah. So I was thinking about I was thinking about this actually, and it's um, it's funny. I can already tell that this is going to become, uh, you know, like a, a. I can already tell this is going to be a trend in my own head and just with people where every time I'm on the show for the foreseeable future beforehand i'm going to be i'm going to be thinking to myself i wonder if we're still talking about uh, quarantine and pandemic things you know it's just <laughs> i wonder if that's old news by now but i don't think that's going to become old news so but i i was actually thinking about this i was thinking about you know how you know the, the as weird as this is whenever this does all level out that actually the transitioning back to the way things were that'll actually be a lot weirder in some ways and the first time you know be like the first time you blank this this is the new diehard and whatever it's the first time you <laughs> first time you go to a restaurant or the first time you're in an elevator with people the first time but the one that i think about because you know i late at night when you can't sleep and your brain just manufactures horrific scenarios just to screw with you uh-huh. and it's like it's like when it's 2.30 and suddenly you start thinking about, like, that puppy your parents wouldn't let you keep when you were nine. And so it's just like, you know, and you're just weeping. Um, but so my brain just manufactures all these weird, you know, what ifs. And so one of them was, um, and I think I, you know, I speak for certainly us and for a lot of people that, you know, I, I don't do this much anymore. But when I was growing up, you know, I really defined myself as, you know, I was very much like a like an, an arena rock guy. Like I went to all these arena rock shows and I was like, what if. I am like the last part of the last arena rock generation for a long time. Cause it seems kind of inconceivable now that you'd be in a room with like 20,000 strangers screaming and belching and drooling beer and shouting and putting their arms around you and vomiting. And, you know, it's like, I, I can't even imagine, you know, cause like kiss is supposed to come back. They're on their farewell tour and kisses kiss and David Lee Roth are coming uh, later this year in theory. And which is all great and whatever, and I hope it all works. But it's at the same time, it's like the road between here and there is we. I can't even the idea of doing that just seems so magical and strange and impossible at the moment. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It would, you know, and that's a 
that's a weird thing. And it's, you know, and, and I'm glad that technology lets us communicate online and lets us stream things and watch things. But, you know, there's like a weird hardwired thing with humans, like to be in a room. And I think most performers will tell you that like being in a room with the audience is like a crucial thing. Um, I, uh, I found myself, I have these like weird things that just pop into my head. I found myself, um, I had these two strange moments back to back almost last week. The first was that I had this really, really, really bad moment actually, and it, it passed, but I had this really strange moment. And I think it was just like, I had a lot of pent up stress and then it all sort of like fixated on this one thing. But I had this, you know, for the longest time, I've sort of joked to people. I've sort of, you know, I've, I've talked about, you know, because I've talked about artists that I had the chance to see and didn't go see. Like, I was, I'll see them next time. Like, I literally had tickets at one point to see Nirvana's last tour. And, like, a guy, he's like, hey, free Nirvana tickets. And I was like, eh, I'll see him next time. And oh, there was no man. next time. Um, and, but, you know, I have... I was talking to my brother a while back and I said, you know, whatever it takes, I said, whether I have to sell my blood or whatever, if the next time Paul McCartney comes through town, like I have to see him, even if I have to fly somewhere, because if I don't, then it's like future generations are going to say like, well, you basically had the chance to see Mozart and what you had something better to do. Like, what's your excuse? Mm -hmm. And I had this really bad moment like last week when I thought, well, you know, I will probably never see Paul McCartney now because you know, we're not going to be doing arena rock shows for a long time. And he's 76. And that, you know, that's then that's, you know, there are bigger problems. But I realized that I'd sort of missed that. And then then on the heels of that, then I had this like long 20 minutes where I was suddenly really worried about Bruce Springsteen because because if you um, you know, and this is not like a big secret. He writes a lot about this in his in his memoir, which is really, really good. He writes a lot about his he has some mental illness and some mental health issues that run in his family. And he talks a lot about how performing, you know, touring and being on stage performing is like the only thing that really keeps him sane, that he's on medication and he's in therapy and he has been for a long time. But he's like, he's like, you know, if I don't get on stage and perform after a few months, he's like, I start to go. He's like, I'm suddenly just start crying at the house and I suddenly start yelling at people and I whatever. And he's like, that's the only thing that keeps me sane. And there's probably a lot of people like that that are, you know, that's a, you know, they're going to have to find some way to cope, you know, in the, you know, from here to there. It's just, a, it's a, it's things you never really considered being issues are now suddenly issues. Yeah, ever. I mean, I've had that same thing too. There was like Johnny Cash. He came, <laughs> this haunts Greg to the Oh, uh, it haunts me yeah. forever. Like he came through, I think he was playing at, it was either Spirit Mountain or Chinook Woods. Like he was playing at a casino show. And um, so pretty small venue. I had a chance to go. A couple of friends were going. I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then at the last minute, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. Uh, there's something's going on in town. I'm going to stay here. I'll see him next time. And then like a few months later, you know, then he dies. Yeah. So I, they will forever haunt me for not going to do that because I love Johnny Cash. I don't know what I, what I thought was more important than going to that show. Oh, something. I know, but that's the kind like, of thing. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. It was nothing important. Um, well, so then I wrote I wrote down this question, actually, to ask you guys. This is one of the things I've been asking people lately is if you could go back and see, you know, a, a genie appears and says you could go back and see one concert by an artist of your choosing at any point in their career, who and when would it be? So you could be, you know, if you say like, oh, it could be, you know, it could be the who in 1968 or, you know, it could be Janis Joplin at, you know, at the Fillmore in 1967 or whatever. Um Go back and see see an artist at some point in their time, one show, what would it be? Bob Dylan in the 60s playing in a small tavern in Greenwich Village somewhere. Awesome. I love that you had an yeah. answer ready. Oh, wow. That's a good choice. 
I've I've debated this a lot on who I would want to see, and that probably the one I the one I usually go back to, and I've been a little wishy washy on it, is Black Sabbath, early seventies, like small venue in England. Like That's going surprising. to see them. Good answer though. That like seeing them at the very beginning. Oh yeah. They're full on like being the opposite of pretty much everything else that's out there. I mean, all dark and gloomy and just seeing what that crowd was like. Like that's, that's that's probably it. That is good, Greg. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, no, that was I would not have guessed. I would not have predicted uh, that answer from you. No, well done. All right, Rick Emerson, we need to know your answer. Oh, uh, for me. And it's weird because I'm actually I mean, I am as everybody on the planet Earth is. I mean, I am a Beatles fan. Uh, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, though. Like I'm not, you know, like I'm not an obsessive about it or whatever. Um but if I could go see one artist at, at some point in their career, I would go see, I would want to see the Beatles, but really before they were actually even famous, I would want to see the Beatles when they were uh, playing in clubs in Hamburg, um, when they were just these like punks, basically. There were these guys in black leather, like speeding out of their minds, just <laughs> jacked up to the gills on like cheap amphetamines and just playing a thousand miles an hour for you know on stage for drunk germans all night i mean it was just uh, there's only one known recording of the beatles playing in hamburg and it was like this terrible like shitty reel-to-reel recording with like a microphone that was sitting back at the bar and the beatles are on the other side of the room and you can barely hear them and it's but just you can hear just enough you know, to, to I mean, it's like this tiny little fuzzy window into the past where you can tell that it must have just been unreal just to be there. I mean, it's yeah, I would abs- I would cut off one of my feet, you know, to, to see that it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing some other people in the chat just said, um, yeah, seeing the Beatles with Pete Best or Beastie Boys house show in Brooklyn. XTC in 1980 something. 1981. Oh, that would be, I do love XTC. That's an interesting choice. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's I, – I like to think about that. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Bob Dylan lately. I've found – because I'm usually listening to a lot of audiobooks, but for some reason I feel like in this particular point in my life I need music more than I need audiobooks. I don't know if that sounds weird or not. Like yeah. music has really been helping. Yeah, I think I, that's a trend right now. No, I, I think that's a I, – I, I definitely think it's a trend. I think that one thing – I may have said this last time, but I think that one thing that will come out of this is, you know, sort of a renewed appreciation of, you know, of art and of the fact that – I think I'm almost certain I did say this, probably in these exact words, but that we give a lot of lip service to art. Or not not lips, that's the wrong way to put it. It's, you know, we all know that art is important, but it, at the same time, you know, we don't always support it the way we should, and we don't always encourage people to create art the way that we should. You know, we certainly don't encourage people to do it as a career in this country. Um, but, you know, but that's what people turn to when things get dark and grim and whatever, whether it's politically or socially or mm-hmm. epidemiologically. Everybody is suddenly, you know, like everything is falling apart. You know, Where are my Black Sabbath albums? And it's, you know, and that's I mean, that's that's a valuable that's an important thing. XTC. I would not have anticipated somebody saying that. Mm-mm. Trina. Yeah. Trina is one of our dear friends. She has a delightful um, collection of musical tastes. Yeah. So I guess she, no, she was and- saying that they only played like 10 times live. Really? Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I I didn't know that. Um it's uh who else is like there was somebody else that I mean that that didn't play and now it's going to it's no, it's escaped me now but it's um you know there's artists that you think sort of you know performed a lot and that they just like didn't you know and that and that it's um you know like I never saw I never saw the Beastie Boys which sort of which sort of nags at me a little bit because you know that's a it's weird because I, again, I, you know, I, 
the Beastie Boys are actually like Woody Harrelson in that I don't know anybody anywhere who hates the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never been, I've never brought up the Beastie Boys. People are like, fuck the Beastie Boys. That mm-hmm. doesn't ever, like, I don't think those people exist. And I have actually, I've realized that whenever, when in, sounds like I'm about to burst into song, but when times are bad, um, but you know, when things, when society starts to get a little crazy and people are either scared or at each other's throats or whatever, I, I actually think about the Beastie Boys because it seems like I have this I have this theory that like first of all the Beastie Boys make you happy if you listen to the Beastie Boys it is impossible to to not feel better when you listen to the Beastie Boys I mean there is there is something about the Beastie Boys that just instantly it's like it's like it's like seeing Ring, it's like seeing Ringo Starr you just think of Ringo Starr and you feel better <laughs> yeah and if you you know. But you listen to the Beastie Boys and suddenly you're like, okay, I I feel a little bit better now. And plus, it always seems like at any situation where things are just completely falling apart, it feels like the Beastie Boys could somehow like step in and just like say the right thing and just chill things out. Like they could just come in there and be like, hold on. And they would have and then like they would be able to resolve whatever the problem is. They'd be able to make you feel okay about it. Um, So I I actually think about them a lot when things are really sort of weird and stressful because that's a. You know, I always kind of wonder what they would be saying about this or what they would be. You know, I thought about that a lot after the 2016 election. You know, what the Beastie Boys would be would be saying or recording or releasing. Right. They're almost like comfort music for a lot of people. Yeah. I know that's not the same for everybody. But like you said, I've never heard anybody say, I fucking hate the Beastie Boys. I mean, there may be people who don't listen to them much. But yeah, they're they're kind of like comfort music. Uh, By the way, Rick, when when and if we ever get to go to... um to music concerts again with other humans. Uh, there is a Beastie Boys cover band. Oh yeah, here really? in Portland, and they're they're really great. So they're called Grand Royale, and we actually saw them um, a few months back because uh, Bozik works for the production company for them, and so we mm-hmm. ended up going with a big group of people, and it was hilarious and awesome. Yeah, they're really coordinated. Like they have it down. It's it's pretty uh, if great. you haven't read their read or listened to their book, um, the, it's just called Beastie Boys Book. Um, it's the the actual physical book is fantastic because it's got just amazing photographs in it. Um, the audio book is. Have we talked about the Beastie Boys audio book? I don't think so. Um, so it, yes, yeah, just called it's called Beastie Boys book and it's like it's the it's the oral history of of and I'm a sucker for oral history. It's an oral history of the Beastie Boys, and it is read by I can't even do it justice. But it's like you hear the phrase all star cast. Some you know sometimes you're like, well, okay, what does that really mean? But I mean, this is. I mean, it's like everybody from, I mean, it's everybody from like Wanda Sykes to the Beastie Boys themselves to Bette Midler, uh, you know, to uh, Rosie Perez. To, it's, like, it's like everybody you could imagine reading, um, you know, I think Mark Wahlberg reads a chapter. It's just like they just found everybody on the planet to read a chapter. And it's, and it's you know, it is really, um, it's really funny and it's, and it's um, you know, but it's got a lot of heart and it's, you know, and they... You know, and they uh, and they handle the you know the thing about Adam Yauch dying so young. They handle that in just the right way. They don't dwell on it, but they don't you know they don't shy away from it. And they and they also are really and they're really um, matter of fact when they talk about a lot of their a lot of the stuff they did in the past that would you know that seems that definitely seems offensive now and certainly even seemed offensive then, you know, and they, they don't shy away from discussing and just saying like, Hey, we were young and we were stupid and like, you know, it's whatever. And it's, they, it's exactly the kind of, uh, of 
of you know book that you that you like for bands to put out where they are really clear-eyed about their own history and their own you know their own impact so um i i strongly recommend that that's yeah. awesome. And bringing it full circle, um, Rosie Perez was also uh, Marissa Tomei's best friend in Untamed Heart. <laughs> that was. Can I tell you? That was, there the was a moment we were looking there for. Was, there was like this window of time. Well, first of all, I mean, Rosie Perez. Let's just talk about Rosie Perez. And uh, I remember when we used to go to movies. Uh, oh, Rosie Perez, because they ran a, an anniversary uh, a screening of Do the Right Thing um, last summer. And, you know, the opening sequence of Do the Right Thing is just public. And it's just fight the power playing. And then it's a silhouette of Rosie Perez, who Spike Lee clearly wanted to get with, like in a, in a biblical sense. Um, <laughs> it's just this like static shot of her gyrating, you know, uh, into <laughs> to public enemy for like four minutes. And then later. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. I, you know, later, there's like this incredibly like. I don't know. I, I find I find like sex scenes really awkward somehow. I think that I'm miswired in a weird way. Like I just don't. There's something I find I find like explicit love scenes to be really sort of just they make me they make me like sort of have to leave the room. I just they, they weird me out. But there's like long sequence where Spike Lee and Rosie Perez are like rubbing ice cubes all of each other and whatever. And it's just like a weird. Anyway, that's not my point here is that there was this tiny window of time where Marissa Tomei was like not only the hottest woman on the planet, but possibly the hottest object in all of known creation. Um, you know, and it's like, I think, you mm -hmm. know, everybody gets that, you know. Wait, Marissa Tomei or Rosie Perez? Well, well, Rosie Perez, I mean, was no slouch in that department either. I'm just but saying Marissa the Tomei, first time yeah. I saw Marissa Tomei, which would have been maybe my cousin Vinny, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or the paper with Michael Keaton, perhaps, because I'm a big, uh, I'm an enthusiast of my of all Michael Keaton's works. Um, but, uh, but Marissa Tomei was... Uh, yeah, there was like this there was like this moment where, you know, where yeah, she was sort of like blindingly hot. And she's still very attractive, but it was, you know anyway. I'm yeah. just drifting. I'm trying to you think step in now. No, the... <laughs> I agree on Marissa Tomei. Only you. That was my favorite Marissa Tomei yeah. movie growing up. Did you ever watch that one? Only you. Only no, you. It's think... her and Robert Downey Jr. How uh, a Ouija board, like when she was a kid, told her the name of her true love. And then she uh, ends up thinking that, you know, she goes to Paris to try and find him. Oh, my God. It's a great movie. It has a young Billy Zane in it. Oh, it's incredible. Billy Zane. That's young, a random person. Young too. Billy Zane. More things need to have. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That's wrong. <laughs> Fewer things need to have Billy Zane. That's right. Fewer things. He did like Billy some. He's quite the cad in it. He did like some Turkish movie where he played like an American warlord or something like that. I remember he got in a bunch of trouble for that. Oh, Billy Zane. Maybe it was an Iranian, like a Persian movie or something. I don't know. Something weird Speaking that Billy of, Zane did. Here, can I just say, here's one thing about Billy Zane. Yes. One one problem, one difficulty. I'm the only person in the world right now who's talking about difficulties with Billy Zane. But the one difficulty with Billy Zane is that I find his eyes distractingly beautiful. They it's are. difficult yeah. to watch him act. The yeah. beautiful fringe I, of eyelashes around. Oh yeah, my exactly. God, yes. So whenever he's, you know, so like I'm not. Don't get Rick Emerson's not gender specific here. It's not just Marissa Tomei who's occasionally the hottest thing on on planet Earth. Sometimes, like in Thelma and Louise, it was Brad Pitt, um, and, and then. But yeah, when I watch Billy Zane act, I just sort of, you know, I just get all, it's like watching Johnny Depp. I have sometimes if he, I, I prefer when he like does some weird makeover where then he plays like an 80 year old Jewish woman or whatever. Because <laughs> if he just looks like Johnny Depp, I'm just distracted by how hot he is. And then it's just, it, I, I find it difficult to actually watch the movie. All right. Well, I would say, all right, uh, make Untamed Heart number two, but definitely watch Only You because it's Marissa Tomei um, at her super hottest with Billy Zane also at her super, at his super hottest and Robert Downey Jr., who is also 
very attractive. So anyway. All right. And this is this is not the movie that was called Baboon Heart. This was not Baboon Heart. This is only okay. you. <laughs> really quick, Billy Zane, the one thing I always remember is from Tombstone, where uh, somebody calls him the prettiest man I ever saw. Like, there's that oh, line yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think right. Well done. Yeah, it's like, I can't remember which one says it. Curly Bill maybe says it. That's ra- that's like random Billy Zane reference. That's all right. It's, that, just been full of that's how it is. That's it's a random reference day. Is that when he's doing the monologue about when he's talking about uh, when he's talking about Wyatt Earp and he's saying, "Ah, oh, you have a keen eye, ma'am. He has eyes closed by the sun, the look of both predator and prey." Yes. Yeah, I, I it might have been around that same same line in the. I movie. always forget how similar you two are. Oh, Tomb Greg and I are going to make out for a while now, Sarah. <laughs> there know, it is. Right? And talk about Black Sabbath for a while. Yep. All right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I don't even know where we go from there. I know. I, I know that you have to. Greg everything. has to go and uh, get ready for a meeting. But um, Rick, you have your homework. I, I would really like to hear if you watch one of those movies before next week. All right. Wait. Also, only you. And then what was the other one? Untamed Heart. Untamed Heart. Both starring <laughs> Marissa Tomei. All right. I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll leave you with just these. Just these two observations. Please. One. There should either be a sporting goods store, or or possibly. Uh, or possibly some, um, I hate the term manscaping. What would you call it? Like a, a beauty, what do you call that? Uh, like a, uh, like a cosmetic, what, well, what do you call like a, 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 a whatever. Anyway, there yeah. should either be, That's there should true. be either some male grooming store or a sports, uh, good store called, wait for it, Balls Boutique. <laughs> Boom. Come on. Oh, oh, Greg. Okay. Wait, here's, and then we'll go oh, out no. of the Balls Boutique and then we'll go out on this one. Uh, <laughs> Israel's National Aquarium, if there is one, and if there isn't, they should they should form one just so they can do this. Uh-huh. Israel's National Aquarium. See, it all comes back. So we'll, we'll this is, we're full circle here. Israel's National Aquarium should have a resident named Chaim the Walrus. <laughs> Boom. Oh, it's Rick Emerson, ladies and gentlemen. Did you test those on your fuzzballs, Rick? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Rick, awesome. have you been giving your dogs lots of hugs? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let's, yeah! Let's, let's, let's. Oh, yeah. We do have to end with the. We do need. With the dogs in All there. Right. Willard, Philo, come here. Philo, Willard. I All love right, you. Come here. Come here. I love you. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Hi. Oh. Sweet baby Jesus. That's, I mean, how, how else do you end oh. with, but with that? Amazing. Now, Rick, do they have. This is what we'll talk about next week, too, because uh, do they have voices, and I'm going to need to hear them next week if they do? What do you mean? Do they have voices? I mean, do you do you have voices for them? I'm not the son of Sam. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, do you have voices? Like, do you talk for them sometimes? Oh, do you mean um, do you mean like if I'm conveying to other people amusing things they've done, or just do I speak for them like here in the house? In the house. I mean, what are other people like? Do you say like do, do you have like conversations between Willard and Philo, or between yourself and? And either of them? No, or they, both no of them? they speak to me. I, I thought, I, as with most dog owners, they just speak to me telepathically, and then I sure. answer out loud. But then they, you know, no, they just beam their thoughts directly oh, into my oh head. Oh my god! Oh, they are so cute. They're amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah they are you. sort of ridiculous. Yeah, you have some good quarantine care. bunnies. Uh, all <laughs> right, send us an email, funemploymentradio gmail dot com. Give us a call five zero three five seven five nine one two zero. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into Fun Employment Radio. Rick, yes. thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Same this time was next awesome. week? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yep, next awesome. week, same time. This is how we can tell what Mondays are now. We all talk That's about true. Mondays. It's, it's like Keith Richards said this thing about, like, if you stay up, you know, he's, he said the problem with staying up for several days in a row, he's like, 
in your head, your memory is just becomes one big compartment. And like, that's totally how it is now. I can't tell what day anything happened. I can't no. tell if it's morning or night sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's all just a big blur. So no, this is my, now this will be my benchmark. This is like, now I know it's Monday afternoon. Ish. Yes. Sure. Yes, that yes. sounds right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Rick. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. See ya.